0: He's
1: ready to get into it. Oh, I'm ready. He's pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Walked in, he was doing air squats. Pants <laughs> on. Well,
2: standard. You wait till you see the sled action.
0: Welcome to the Grappling With Podcast. I don't need to. Chris Hardy what you call and William Carrier, Walker will take know. a deep dive into topics covering wellness and prevention, performance, recovery, and injury oh, yeah. management. Our mission is to provide the latest science based information to mm. help you get the most out of your mm. grappling journey, both on and off the map, yes. and help you overcome any challenges you may be grappling with. Dr. Hardy is a licensed physician and BJJ practitioner, but the contents of the podcast Excellent. are meant for educational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Mm. Please seek out personalized care from your own medical provider prior to implementing any medical treatment or intervention of
1: these. bill is a licensed buffoon he says things that are a little squirrely do not hold these things against his gym mates his family chris hardy harry hardy or anybody at his gym thank you welcome hi how are you two doing pretty good yeah had an open mat today
2: i was gonna say training going pretty good mm-hmm. olivia took a nap
0: i did yes Getting over that another pestilence yeah <laughs> no i
2: hear you on that I, saturday was enough for me i didn't do open mat today obviously yeah and then we had uh we've been watching a lot of
1: jujitsu because pans pans yeah is going on and uh yeah we should do a, a recap after this mm-hmm. um after it's over because there's actually has been i mean the finals for absolutes probably going on right now but uh there's a lot of submissions mm-hmm. a couple upsets yeah pretty good it, very very cool um yeah, so things might get a little saucy on this one <laughs> because we're gonna, we're gonna, we're diving into the drama a little bit, but not just our toes.
2: Yeah, you, and I'm assuming you're teeing me up for the whole Derek, Nicky Rod, yes, and type
1: thing where what I can do, yeah, is I will literally tee you up. Okay, I'll pull your bag out, put it on a tee, and then you can knock it out of the park. <laughs>
2: I don't want you near my bag personally, if I go ahead. Don't lie. <laughs> don't you dare lie to me. I could do better than you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know what that means, it's but okay. I'm here. Let's go. So, there was. the Okay, there's been a little bit of drama in the jiu jitsu world, mm-hmm. which we're not going to get into that too much. Yeah, I don't
2: like it. I don't but, like drama.
1: It's true. And um, Gordon Ryan, best grappler in the world right now, basically. Uh, is beefing with his former teammate, Nick Rodriguez, also known as Nicky Rod. Uh, they're both yoked and just jacked to the gills. Uh, you would assume both are just juiced to the titties. Um, and Gordon actually started calling Nicky Rod out for doing that. Mm-hmm. Nicky Rod started calling Gordon out. Yeah. So, uh, Derek, out of, he's a very famous YouTuber. Uh, from More Plates, More Dates is his uh, YouTube channel. He does a lot of stuff with steroids, TRT, and, and all that. With Determine
2: body. if people are natural or not. Yeah, that he does his thing. natty or
1: not thing, mm-hmm. which he tries to just break down stuff mm-hmm. from a visual perspective. Yeah. Um, he is a co-owner of the Merrick Clinic in Canada, I believe, okay. uh, where they have some uh, endocrinologists, naturopaths, and stuff like that. Um, but he can break down data pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there could be, this is where I'm teeing you up, is a little bit more depth to some of the information that uh, he gets. Now, he uh, they proposed that Nicky Rod takes uh, a blood panel and um, it would be paid for. Mm-hmm. Just Nicky Rod needs to show up. They had a third-party person, Derek Knew, a guy in Texas mm-hmm. that could show up with him to make sure it was him that did the blood, uh, had the blood draw at LabCorp. And uh, they would analyze it because he's pretty good about uh, identifying markers that would show previous steroid use or anabolic use or something like that, or even TRT. Performance
2: enhancement Ex- in general. Yeah, 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 yeah. It seems to be his wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, that's that's his main yeah. main deal. Yep. Um and so Nicky Rod said, "I'm good. Let's do it." And he was
2: calling the bluff, right? Why yeah. You go ahead and test me.
1: And, and that was uh, that was pretty telling because Gordon and him just competed maybe mm-hmm. a month and a half ago. So the likelihood that he has he was cycling like Gordon said, mm-hmm. and then he has nothing in his system right mm-hmm. now it would be pretty low, right? Because uh, you're not expecting to get called out randomly, correct? <laughs> so. Uh, Did the test, Derek got the results, and had a 45-minute video going over his whole panel. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. And he didn't just go over the PED side. Mm -hmm. There were some things in there that he... And I'll link that video... Mm -hmm. in the descriptions if someone uh, is so inclined I recommend starting it at about I think it was the 14 minute mark or 13 13, 30 or something like that yeah because the first 13 minutes is what I just told you about the drama just way more in depth about it Mm -hmm. Um, now in this panel besides the PED stuff which from his perspective from what he can tell and he's very vocal about this that this is from what he could tell this doesn't absolve him from yeah, any sure, steroid sure. use but it looks uh, pretty clear that he's a natural athlete yeah, in that
2: moment that snapshot it, it didn't seem he; it was consistent with a lot of anabolics other, or yeah, anything like people that people blasting gear as he says <laughs> yeah but
1: our bugaboo your bugaboo mm-hmm. is he came out saying that uh, Nikki Rod has massive health issues
0: yeah
2: so I'll go ahead and
0: Please. start.
1: First of all, uh, Your bag is in my hand.
2: I'm not going to shit on Derek <laughs> um, because less he did come out and say, look, I'm not a doctor. Mm-hmm. These are just my opinion. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't expect, I'm not holding him to that standard. What I did notice in after I watched the video, I saw these other people were basically taking what he was saying at gospel, basically saying that Nikki rods, you know, unhealthy. And,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, you know, I, I I took some notes during that video by by looking at the labs, um, which he did put up on the screen. It wasn't just him saying it. He actually put up the lab results. It's very transparent, which is really nice. So what I thought I would do is kind of go through this, tie it together, and I can tell you what I think may be going on, knowing what we know and who this patient is. Mm -hmm. Because these results from Nicky Rod, I might have a very different take on than someone that was not an elite athlete. Like Brian Black Belt Boots (laughs) at the gym. Who's barely walking half the time. Literally. Yeah. We call them slippers now. We don't call them boots. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look at you. I know. So, um, again, this is not... uh, I'm not dogging on Derek um, because he did give a disclaimer. Um, But I'm going to use this to kind of, for an educational thing, for a lot of people, to say... The medical profession in general take lab work, lab work like this, and they're very myopic and they're very reductionist. They're going to look at one thing. Oh, his TSH is high. We need to treat him. As, treat his thyroid. Uh, his cholesterol is terrible. We need to do that. You know. Mm-hmm. And I think I have something that kind of ties it all together. Okay. Um, especially looking at who Nicky Rod is, of course. And As a, a athlete, elite physical athlete, physical specimen. Well, and it also helps to have a doctor that I don't know knows the sport. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not saying I'm an elite athlete, but I am a BJJ black belt. Right. So I do know the sport. I know kind of, especially at that level, what that training can do. Workloads. And yeah, exactly. Because so so, you're not just a physician.
1: Yeah. You're a certified whatever the... Oh, strength and conditioning specialist. Yeah. yeah but we, I, I mean... You have a background in a, more than just... Uh, being a, a
2: like a doctor like yeah and I, you, I, I try to actually keep in you know yeah, actually and understand stuff yeah. yeah yeah instead of some fat doctor telling people <laughs> they should get in shape you, you I, don't wear pleated pants do you no <laughs> you just looked
1: at me a little shy no, <laughs> no. pleated khakis no i have no pleated khakis because okay. that's like the stereotype of a fat doctor yeah they're gonna have pleated khakis and then the the pants
2: fit all crappy Ugh. Yeah. yeah with no. loafers Oh my God! No, no. That, you just—if you ever see me doing that, yeah. just shoot me. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and start. I have to put on my nerd glasses so I can read my notes. So I'm going to go down in order. I'm going to go through kind of the the highlights of the findings on this the labs. Okay. His TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone was greater than four. It was four point something. It is out of the normal range. It is on the high side. It's certainly not like, oh my gosh, I've seen TSHs with people with hypothyroid that have been crazy high. What is crazy? Like uh, my brother had one of a hundred. Oh. Okay. okay. And he okay. had Frank. Uh, he had Hashimoto's thyroiditis undiagnosed for a long time. Carrie got him squared away now. Thank goodness. Sorry, Jay, for putting your um, blast. <laughs> I just. But my point is, yes, yes. he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, but. um but I've seen it very high, so this is just above the. And I would also argue that that normal ranges you got to look at normal ranges of lab values of that population they're getting these lab values from. They may or may not reflect the general healthy population. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that being said, it still is on the high side, but it's not crazy high. His thyroid hormone or T4 was normal. Okay. I'm gonna come back to all this here in a second. I'm just kind of highlighting it. What I did notice is they did not draw a free T3 or a reverse t3 t4 is what's produced by the thyroid gland it's converted into t3 which is the actual active hormone that acts on the receptors of the body that does what a th- you know what thyroid is supposed to do it's mm-hmm. the action molecule t4 is an intermediate t4 is also the thing that goes back up to the hypothalamus and in a feedback loop to kind of communicate when we had enough or not enough to, to, to regulate TSH production because TSH is produced by the pituitary to stimulate the thyroid to produce thyroid hormone. So if TSH is high, the idea is it's really working hard to stimulate the thyroid and the thyroid's underactive. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's like trying to knock on the door louder so, yeah. that, so the levels go up. Okay. But remember, the T4 was normal um, when, they, when they checked it. So we'll come back to that. High total cholesterol... Which, whatever. I mean, it right. can be something. If you guys, I would encourage everyone to go back to our episode on cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Like 10 or 11. I forget yeah. what episode it was. We can do a deep dive into that stuff and what it means. It's, it might be good to look back on. Uh, what I did like that they drew was their apolipoprotein B. Um, which, if you go back in the cholesterol episode... Apo lipoprotein B is a protein that is present on all of the potential atherogenic particles. in other words, VLDL, chylomicrons, LDL, that type of thing. HDL is not does not have apolipoprotein lipoprotein B. So when you do that, uh, if you remember that uh, the visual I had, I had a red little tape around the cup. Yeah. that was the APO B. So that helps that's a pretty good surrogate for the actual amount of particles. Because remember, cholesterol is not the particle. Cholesterol is just what is being carried on the lipoproteins. Okay, go, please go back and look at the ep- episode. It'll really help you. Anyway, they drew that, and that was elevated too. So with t- elevated total cholesterol, elevated ApoB, Apo you're like, okay, that's a risk factor. You know, you, you worry about, hey, if I just looked at this and didn't know who this person was, I'd be mm-hmm. like, I'd be concerned. I'd be like, okay, look, there might be an increased risk of heart disease later on. Now we get down to glucose. Um, This lab was reported fasting. I listened to Nikki Rod said maybe it was 8 hours, not Mm -hmm. a full 12, but still. Fasting glucose was elevated at 109. That is a pre-diabetic reading. Hemoglobin A1c was 5.7, barely above normal. Technically at the very bottom end of what we call pre-diabetic hemoglobin a1c is a way to look at the average glucose in the body over a period of 90 days basically where fasting glucose is a snapshot this is where it was at that Mm -hmm. time okay Uh, also notice that he had normal fasting insulin that's important too if someone is has advanced type 2 diabetes or getting that way their insulin is going to be the pancreas is going to try to pump out more and more insulin to get it to uh, because diabetes type 2 diabetes is an insulin resistance problem so your pancreas is pumping out more and more insulin. So you would expect that that fasting insulin to, if he was frankly on the way to diabetes, for it to be high, yeah. and it wasn't. Okay. Mm. Um, he did have what I call suboptimal. He had in the 20s vitamin D. It's really important, especially for athletes. You should get that addressed. There's all kind of, get increased sun. You know, supplement if you need to.
1: Which is kind of funny because he's all about that shirt off life.
2: I, who knows um but you know i would say darker complected people and including myself um and i'm not really that much but it's harder for us to get vitamin d anyway yeah i think he's um, half like
1: puerto rican
2: or yeah dominican or well something. we see low vitamin d levels especially in the african-american community mm-hmm. um hispanics especially um it's harder to um, it's that's part of the adaptive response to to Uh, evolving near the equator Mm. or in in more in climates with high amounts of sun we have it's harder to get vitamin d because you don't want to get too much right it's a it's a part of the the feedback and when people that from that ancestry move up north they have a harder time they become vitamin d deficient this isn't terribly deficient but it's certainly i would like to see it usually with people in the high 40s and 50s anyway so let's look at all these together now, increased TSH. And Olivia, you were talking to me about what the heck's going on there, right? Mm-hmm. She was calling your bluff. Yeah. So <laughs> what I would suspect, and this is where it's very important to say, who are we talking about? We're talking about an elite athlete who competes quite a bit. And I don't, I'm not there with him, but just from what's on video, his training regimen. Yeah. Hardcore, yeah. right? I mean this is no joke there's weight training there's jiu-jitsu and it's there's no rest days very little right yeah i my and i'm just going to put this out there my speculation is he's overtrained and i'll tell you why i think or under recovered whatever you want to put there okay whether it's the training load now the training load is the training load but are you recovering enough are you getting enough recovery time for that training load and that you know that's it, it's hard to say but it, but I'm assuming right now we're overtrained. I don't know what his sleep patterns are like. Mm. That would be the two big things I'd want to look at because the sleep's super, you know, the training load, he's an elite athlete, he needs to train how he needs to train, but the training volume may need to be looked at and or his sleep, which is a crucial part of his recovery, how well he's doing it. And the reason why I'm saying all this is because cortisol, and oh, by the way, his serum cortisol was in the normal range. I never, and I always talk to Carrie about this, she never measures serum cortisol. It's completely unreliable to the state of cortisol. Cortisol is on a diurnal rhythm. In other words, it changes throughout the day, depending on what it's taken. should be higher in the morning, should be lower as the day goes on, uh, and at its lowest right around bedtime and into the early night. It helps sleep. And in the morning, it raises again. That's part of the waking up cycle. Carrie usually measures cortisol by the saliva, which is much more reliable, and at four different time points through the day to get a nice curve to see where they're at. I would suspect someone like this is having higher cortisol levels at night. Mm-hmm. It can make it harder to fall asleep, and cortisol liberates blood glucose from the liver. It's a stress hormone. Mm-hmm. We see this with overtraining, where people will have, will have flipped cortisol secretion. Will those start having higher cortisol when they shouldn't? That higher cortisol at night when they take their blood sugar in the morning, they'll have increased fasting blood sugar, right? doesn't mean they're diabetic necessarily. It just means that, that, that cortisol, <coughs> cortisol is hitting the liver to liberate blood group glucose for the brain. That's what it does. Okay. Cortisol also interferes with thyroid function. Specifically, where, where uh, T, T4 uh, is converted to T3 it can interfere with that conversion. So you can have normal T4, and if you have a higher cortisol level under stress response, uh, the conversion of T4 to its active T3 will be diverted into something called reverse T3. Reverse T3, you can think of like a holding system for T4. If your body's in a stress response, remember what the thyroid does, right? It's responsible for really a regulator metabolism. If... If your body is in a, whatever the stress is, whether it's um, poor sleep, physical stress, um, nutrient stress, not getting enough mm-hmm. food, it's, it's going to, con- it will slow down. It's like, like putting the brakes on your metabolism. And the way it does that is through converting T4 to reverse T3, which was not active. Mm-hmm. So you have this inactive form floating around as a way to put the brakes on the thyroid function. <clears throat> you could still have quote unquote normal T4, but you're not converting that well to T3. And so what, what I would argue though, is that T4 that is still in the normal range is probably low for him. Mm. Okay. And that's converting back in, a, in the, the pituitary is getting the signal uh, through the hypothalamus to try to produce more. Okay, so that's where the TSH elevation is coming from. Hmm. So, now, how does this relate to his cholesterol?
1: Yeah, because that was like a big
2: For sure. thing. For sure. Now, I'm not saying he would be out of the woods. He needs There needs to be some investigation. But the first thing I would think about, especially with this TSH, the, to me, that was the big red flag. Because... T3 thyroid hormone, the active part of thyroid hormone, what it does, especially the cholesterol, because remember what LDL does. You guys remember what LDL does? It's a low-density lipoprotein. It carries cholesterol to the cells Mm -hmm. for use. It's the carrier. It's the carrier. It carries them to the cells for use. If we're ramping down metabolism, we're going to make less LDL they're like, okay, we don't need as much cholesterol, the cholesterol, so we're going to ramp down the ability for the LDL to dock with the cell. Mm. The way it docks with the cell is through the LDL receptor. Is that are you tracking so mm-hmm. far? So the LDL is going through the bloodstream. It docks with the LDL receptor on a cell to transfer the cargo of cholesterol off. The gene for making LDL receptor has this thing on it called the thyroid response element t3 will signal to bind to that spot to tell that gene to make more ldl receptor if t3 is being converted to reverse t3 and you're not getting that signal you're not making as much ldl receptor thus you're having more particles float around in the system Mm -hmm. if you guys go back to the um not only in the the book but our episode which was taken directly from that a lot of times, and Carrie said this in when practice... When you say the book, you my, The book I wrote. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hate this. I was trying not to get the little... Yeah, it sounds very... <laughs> Can you, thank okay. you. Sorry, the volume wasn't up. Mm, that's good. But <laughs> a lot of times, if you, collect, if you correct thyroid function, you make more LDL receptor, the L, the, the lipoprotein problem is solved. Because then you have mm. more receptors to take it out of the bloodstream. How do you do that? How do, how do you... depends on what the problem is. <clears throat> I'm suspecting the thyroid problem is due to cortisol in an overtrained state. So, if he got a hold of, you know, really, um, and this is speculation. Sure. But the first thing I would do is look at his training volume. In, a, in an elite athlete with a mentality like he has, that all elite athletes have for mm-hmm. the most part, especially in the combat sports, it's really hard to tell a person to do that. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, no, bro, I'm fine. Yeah. But you're not. Especially from New Jersey. Well, I don't know. (laughs) But my point is that mental toughness is what got him to the dance in the first place. Right. Right? It's one of the things that dog he's got. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to tell you, hey, you need to back off a little bit. But this should be a warning sign that the wheels are starting to fall off a little bit and you're Mm -hmm. not indestructible. Mm -hmm. And you can still perform just as high, but maybe with a little more get a coach that will really pay attention to his recovery. Mm -hmm. Like we talked about, we talked about ways to measure recovery, grip strength, heart rate variability, if you're sophisticated with that, uh, the CO2 breath tolerance test, all that Mm -hmm. stuff was in a previous episode we did. But someone saying, hey, look, man, we need to train hard, but we need to be smart about it. We need to get your sleep on track. If it's not, um, we need to cycle your nutrition to give you carbohydrates after your meals. Mm hmm. After your training, um, your hard training, and, you know, kind of back off maybe a little bit um, when you're not, when you're doing more of a recovery day. One of his teammates did say they saw him eat in and out for the last eight days straight. Wasn't that, sure, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, th- this isn't all, but that all can be cleaned up for sure. sure, but this, the I would suspect that training load really needs to be looked at and his sleep would need to be looked at very heavily, because if you start getting cortisol under control, and there's by the way, there's some things to help do that as well, too, that Carrie can talk about. There's some uh, serine, things like that. But you would need to have a four-point salivary cortisol at different times of the day to see what your levels are doing at mm. different times of the day. Have a doc that knows what they're doing, like Carrie, a functional medicine or integrative doc, look at that and say, hey, we need to, and by reducing the training volume and getting more, or or getting better recovery. I don't however you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, will start to help normalize that stress response because this is all a stress response is what this is. And if we mm-hmm. can do that, I would be shocked if we didn't see an improvement in conversion of t4 to t3 and not reverse t3 TSH go back down to normal level. And oh, by the way, the lipoproteins correct, more favorably, mm-hmm. there may be some dietary stuff too, that should be cleaned up. Sure. Um, for sure. Um, and then you're fasting, you know, without cortisol. I was sus- The reason why I'm suspecting all this is because that morning, corti- morning fasting glucose is high. And I'm suspecting on a fasting, you know, there's probably a cortisol response, like I said, putting more blood, uh, glucose in the bloodstream. Um, especially with normal fasting insulin. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a picture of a diabetic. Now, it, over time, I mean, I've seen shift workers that have circadian disruption, i.e. poor sleep develop diabetes even with good other habits right, right. so long term <clears throat> this is not a sustainable whatever he's doing now it's just not sustainable mm-hmm. um vitamin d2 you know this is another ancillary thing you'd want to cr- try to normalize so, so the so. the big thing f-
1: from like a health risk that <clears throat> they kept talking about was the heart disease stuff
2: sure if if this is if this isn't related to what I'm speculating, mm-hmm. yeah, long-term, these aren't good numbers, mm-hmm. right? I'm just saying that I think that we could maybe correct these by his by really paying attention to the whole allostatic load. Yeah, His training volume, his recovery, sleep, that all goes into it. If he's going to maintain the training volume and intensity, then there has to be more care on the recovery There's side. There's got to be. and if if he's not sleeping super well that's got to be dialed in too and it Mm -hmm. all kind of feeds into each other unfortunately now if i was his doc or Carrie with his doc she would also screen him for like hashimoto's thyroiditis just for just to see if there's another reason why his thyroid could be elevated. right but with all this and who he is and the shape and the guy's in phenomenal shape Mm -hmm. he's relatively young um he doesn't you know i would before i did any other medical like give him medications certainly i would try to work on this and and i would bet after two or three months repeat lab work we would correct quite a bit from this if you really got a hold of that so is um, it
1: appropriate to call him fatty rod no it's (laughs) ridiculous because that's what's going around
2: well that's what that's what pisses me off because people are running with this stuff and without really looking at this in context the pr- modern medicine, I'm going to go off on a rant here, they'll look at these things and, oh, your thyroid, now we put, need to put you on thyroid medication. Oh, your cholesterol is up. We need to put you on a, you know, a statin. We need to uh, give you a diabetic metformin for, you because know, your blood sugar is up. It's like, dude, we may be able to correct all this with a lifestyle intervention. Mm-hmm. And for him, you got to know who you're talking about. Most docs don't know what jiu-jitsu is, first of all, right. much less than an elite athlete in this grappling sport and mm-hmm. how hard that is on your body right and just say look you and to have a real talk with them like look man if you want to do this long term you're going to have to get a, a hold of this balance your training volume out in your recovery however that looks and it doesn't mean you have to start being uh you know decrease your intensity you just have to do it smarter mm. right and maybe back off on the you know you know the two a days and stuff like that mm. they're and not training day, but going hard all the time right, right? you can go hard but then have like a drilling session then have some really strong active recovery get a cold plunge in the morning to help set your circadian rhythm do some sauna at night for the same reason or hot bath mm-hmm. um look at some look at those cortisol levels for the salivary cortisol to see what's going on there are some supplements that can actually help blunt that and mm-hmm. help correct this kind of stuff but that's my two cents on that and i just hate see people just talking shit. Yeah. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, they probably listened to an episode where I said fat shaming works. <laughs> well, maybe, but the dude
1: ain't fat. That's true. By any stretch of the imagination. But he's a fat brain. I don't, think you, <laughs> I don't know. Is he in and out eight
2: times? Eight dude, in a row. Well, well, you know what? Well, if that's Okay, let's go there. Let's go there. Why do you think he's doing that? Do you know what happens in a high cortisol state? What your body, what your what that's telling your oh, brain? They
0: crave. Uh, yes. Sugars. Have you talk,
2: Have you heard people talk about stress eating? It's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. They're not having physical stress; they're having psychological stress or social stress or whatever. Yeah. Poor sleep and that stress system is telling the brain, "We need to eat. We need to conserve what we have, and we need to get some more and food." You can in. Just crush like four burgers. Of course, and so that goes with this whole thing. And the right?
1: reason he doesn't visually like
2: his training volume
1: is—is is it? similar to myself right the reason i i for a long time i didn't eat the best and i'm reaping the benefits now with my stomach issues um
2: but uh but bill where were you training so yeah if you weren't training right now and you ate the way you ate right would you be a fatty yes yeah exactly like I'd be back in my two thirties and you're not <laughs> yeah. the same thing. And yeah. he's young too as well. And he right. can ride that train for a while until he can't. And mm-hmm. all these labs are showing me if I was his doctor, I'd say, look, man, we're not going to do any medications at this point. Yeah. This is what you need to get serious about this. Look at your training. I think he's overtrained. If I had to guess, get based on this and let's try this first. Um, and get smart about it. There's plenty of coaches that are really smart about this stuff. Yep. And there's some that aren't. There's some that, like, we got to push 100% every seven days a week. Craig Jones is his coach. I don't know who's telling him how he, how he does his... Probably but, the worst advice possible. I, he, <laughs> I don't know. He okay. might be a great coach. Who knows what's going on? Just because you're a good coach doesn't mean the people you're training is gonna, are going to listen to you either. True. So,
0: I have a question. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is just because it's individualistic, but... So, for example... You know Mikey Musumeci. Mm-hmm. He like basically fasts all day, trains like crazy. He does restricted timing. Is yeah. it because he eats the meal post workout? That's yep. why he doesn't end up. Or I mean, I guess we haven't seen his blood work, so we wouldn't.
2: No, we. But, know, but, but but he's very le- he's young too. Yeah. Um, and he is post workout. He gets a lot of that. There's room for all that um, sugar for glycogen storage. Um, and it's working for him. Yeah. You know, we would, we would also look, he's another, I, I don't know how any of these guys train, but I can tell you, I've seen people that are especially, and you can't tell, and I understand I was one of them too, gosh, you can't tell them just, hey, you need to back off a little bit. This is not sustainable because mm-hmm. the allostatic load over time is going to, we're showing in this lab work, the metabolic effects of what I believe is overtraining. Or under rest. Or, or under re- or or under recovery. It. Whatever you want to say, right? Yeah. Um, under recovery. It's probably a better way to put it. Um, so do you want to look into this camera right here? What, this one? Yeah. it's okay. weird. Tell Derek he's a lion piece of shit. <laughs> no, because I don't think he is. I think Derek's super smart. And I really enjoy, because I've learned a lot from... No, I you guys are trying to set me up. A little bit. I... I've really learned a lot from him because I don't know a lot about the anabolics, all yeah. that stuff. And um, I like the way he breaks it down. I had to tell and you I, what a Tremblone sandwich was. Freaking, man, <laughs> I, I've gotten, it's just not, I haven't been in those circles. Yeah. Um, and rightly so. Derek said, I'm not a physician and I just think he should get looked at. Yeah. But people took what Derek said and started running with it. Right. And... I think that's bullshit, and so you monsters in the YouTube comments need to stop and, talking. And I trash. think many, I, unfortunately, I think many of my colleagues look at this and will take this piecemeal and try to medicate this poor guy. Right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're doing it to normal people, let alone. Well, and I, I never an would
2: give uh, with that kind of. Uh, I never would give like a statin to this guy that is, um, you know, especially with the side effects of uh, potential the the muscle issues with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, when we could try something that i think will take care of everything because it's all related the way i talked about it mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of my two cents on this and, and i think i'm using this almost as a rant because i'm very frustrated with the way medicine is practiced in general and we're not looking at this as a systems approach right and i think that's the bottom line is it needs to be looked at um, more of a system yeah uh, instead of this you like oh i'm gonna go to the gastroenterologist i'm gonna go to the dermatologist i'm gonna get go, not that there's not a place for that, but it's just like we've compartmentalized medicine way yeah. too much. I mean you sound like that. Remember that one guy? Uh, his video went
1: viral where he has like a blanket over him and says, Leave Brittany alone. Do <laughs> you remember that? No. And he's like crying. No. You know what I'm talking about, Liv? Yeah. Like literally yelling this crying. Is like early YouTube videos. Yeah. Early YouTube. Okay. One of the first viral videos. He was mad that journalists and fans were like being mean to britney spears oh and uh i think it was a very delightful gay gay trans man maybe and you just remind me in this moment of him okay (laughs) whatever works man (laughs) i'll take it leave nikki alone yeah please is ways to well uh integrated do you know medicine yeah
2: and they do a lot of i don't so I'm not going to speak out of turn. I know they do a lot of regenerative medicine stuff, uh-huh. like Carrie does as well. Um, I don't know if they do this kind of thing. I know, like Peter Tia does this type yeah, of yeah. thing. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I mean, that's
1: because I know. I think Nikki Ryan goes to them for stuff. I don't know Gordon does, but his teammate might. So that might be a good place to start. Well,
2: I don't know. I don't know if they. Yeah. I don't know if they're a, like a big regenerative medicine practice for orthopedic injuries, or they do actual. You know more functional medicine stuff too right I, I don't know i mean carrie's all over this kind of stuff this yeah that's kind of what she does if they're in his area in texas and that that might be a good place to start maybe yeah. find a functional medicine doctors plenty of them around that um just don't let them order a billion tests <laughs> <laughs> right right um but but yeah does that make sense the did that answer your questions olivia yeah that um, you were trying to get out of me well,
0: so i did I do have another question. So if he did, like, obviously they should test to make sure he doesn't have Hashimoto's, right? Yeah. Like, okay. But if he did, uh-huh. don't people with Hashimoto's have an even lower tolerance of intense training where they're more likely to be overtrained?
2: Stress in general. Because remember, we many of our auto, Hashimoto's thyroiditis is auto, autoimmune disease. And most of these things start in our gut. And so stress, whether it's, you know, allostatic load in general, whether it's whatever it's from, either a direct inflammatory thing, like, you know, like gluten for some people um, that disrupts the intestinal uh, barriers, Mm -hmm. the tight junctions. Then you start getting things through in a form that shouldn't get through. The immune system recognizes it. And some people, due to genetics, it starts recognizing it as thyroid starts you start g- generating autoantibodies to the thyroid mm. and a lot of times fixing gut stuff helps too there's also um like low-dose naltrexone carries used very very favorably to reduce um, Hashimoto's um, and that helps reduce n- the neuroinflammation which all that stuff is up in your brain uh, not your thyroid but your your you know pital- uh, your hypothalamus and pituitary
0: Okay, this is a side tangent, like, question. This Mm. has nothing, well, kind of does, but I was recently going through Instagram, and there's a lady, and I know you're not a skin doctor, but she was trying to say that skin issues don't start in the gut, they start with the nervous system. What are your thoughts on this? Okay,
2: that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, and I'll (laughs) tell you why. (laughs) The enteric (laughs) nervous system, she's saying they start in the nervous system. Yeah. Yes. Do you know the gut has just as many neurons as the freaking spinal cord? That's why it's called the second brain. You can't separate the two. Yeah. That's dumb. Call her up. (laughs) No, but this is my point, right? It's like, do you not know that the, you know, I mean, yeah.
0: Well, and I think I read recently, like, isn't the majority of the two-way signaling the gut to the brain versus the brain to the gut? Isn't, like, the majority of it going from the gut to the brain than the other direction?
2: There's a lot of going from gut to brain. I don't know if there's a percentage one way or another. I think it depends on the physiologic state. I mean, we see this all the time. When you have psychological stress, people start having stomach problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you have stomach problems, you start having, you know, I mean, it is definitely bidirectional. Inflammation, especially, via the vagus nerve. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. so of course it's a nervous system problem, but it's also in the gut. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> the I've gut. All you got to do is go look up gut skin axis. There's so yeah. many papers on that. On that, it's ridiculous. So people, whatever. Well, while you're
1: on a hot one right now, <laughs> um me what do you got in there? What's what are you drinking? I don't know. <laughs> El- element. Yeah. I was say element? Element like hot right. kombucha. No, it's Element. Little Bucky. Um, so we had a question come in about, you,
2: you, you just, you're like, I'm done with this. And well, are you? Are you? Rant. Are yeah, you yeah. 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 Okay, I'm, I'm making sure you're good. I'm good. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> we had a, we had a question come in f- about fasting. Okay. They have a family member that has recently done a seven day water fast. In, a, in other words, water only. Yes. Okay. Um, they were just wondering if they're, what are the benefits of doing something like that? If there is any, mm-hmm. um, I, I get a lot of people usually do those kind of things. I believe for religious reasons, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that obviously people will they'll do three day fasts or sure. twenty four or seven um, for non religious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they feel it's like a cleanse or something like that. Positive, <laughs> negatives, cleanse. Well, do
0: some people do it for autoimmune issues? Today? Yeah. So yeah.
2: I was gonna say. So spoiler alert: fasting can be really helpful. Um, it, it helps neurocognitively for uh, it because after a certain amount of time, you'll, you'll start switching over to ketone production. Ketones are very, are used as a second energy source in the brain. They're very, very stabilizing so much so that it was it, ketogenic diets, true strict ketogenic diets has been used to help, um, stop seizure activity, especially in children. Um, it also fasting also promotes something called autophagy or self eating, where your body starts to like it. It's almost like spring cleaning. You got a lot of crap that built up over the winter, and your body fasting will autophagy will go around and it will you know debris, uh, damaged proteins, uh, mitochondria, things like that. It will start to clean house a bit, um, and it. It also activates a lot of the sirtuins, which are the so-called longev- longevity genes, that are tied into this. So, it can be very beneficial. But seven day, well, it depends on who you are. Are you an athlete? Mm. You got to be real careful with that. Um, Let's say no, okay. normal person. Yeah, I mean, but you, you maybe gotta, you
1: work out or something. But
2: you got to understand, after a certain amount of time, you get in seven days, you're going to start. At first, the first couple of days of fasting, your body will set up some. Um, uh, muscle-sparing strategies, right? Mm. You start going further into that, you're going to start losing a significant amount of muscle mass. You start getting into seven days, you're going to start cannibalizing muscle. Muscle's very energetically expensive to the body. Similar to castaway. Sure. The Tom Hanks one you're yep. talking about? Yeah. So, absolutely. M- muscle's very, very expensive tissue. Um, and at first... Muscles tried to be spared, but not at the expense of the brain. Everything, the brain will rules all because, you know, the brain stops working. You're kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's some real benefits into doing, you know, if you want to do a periodic two, even two or three day fast, sure. But just know there's a cost if you start going further into that down the road. Your body's going to be like, okay, obviously this fool isn't feeding us. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to have to kind of Does it ever matters- start?
1: Pipe, so it's ate enough muscle. Mm-hmm. Does it ever start eating your brain?
2: <laughs> I think you're going to go into organ failure before then. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is you're gonna you're gonna get a protein deficit. Um, like a kidney will shut down or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad scene. You're not you're not gonna be able to perfuse well. I mean, the whole you're going to organ failure before similar then, to then.
1: like when athletes are cutting weight too Dude, too drastically. Yeah, well, that's period. a whole
2: de- that's acute renal failure. That's that's. That's a bad scene too, man. Yeah. Um. No, this is a long drawn out. Uh, starvation would be a horrible way to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it'd be awful. But I mean, you look at um, people's experiences. That you know, you start getting a week in ten, or you know, into ten days of that, mm-hmm. um, and you're an athlete and you're trying to do you know, like jujitsu. Mm. Mm-hmm. You, you basically you're going to lose a lot of muscle, muscle. Well, I mean, we are running right now into the Ramadan. Sure. It just started. So. Yeah, but that's not that's not complete they, fasting they still
1: yeah they have windows that they can yeah eat.
2: and time restricted eating is different yeah. yeah yeah for sure and that's actually what
1: helped me i would say mm-hmm. really lose that 45 pound whatever it was it's
2: good for some people it's yeah. bad
1: for other people
2: mm. you know i the intermittent or the time
1: yeah, restriction time,
2: what if you want to call it intermittent fasting
1: or time restricted eating yeah.
2: you know whatever you want to call it
1: when, when is it typically not good well, it depends on who you are. Well, is there a certain, like, yeah. body type, personality type?
2: No, I I think that um, it can get neurotic, too. I mean, in general, and I've said this before, this is a generality. Um, I don't think women do as well mm-hmm. as guys do with that. And I think it has, especially women of reproductive years. <laughs> with the intermittent fasting? Yeah, at, for weight loss. Uh, yeah. It depends on why you're doing it. Sure, sure. Sure. Um, Unfortunately, women. I've, we've talked about this in other episodes. Women tend to, um, the physiologically, because, of, you know, the idea that they can, uh, get pregnant, mm-hmm. sustain a pregnancy, they'll tend to hold on to things a little more, right? Like and it can induce more of a stress response. Like, like hold on to like oh, things, that that weekend, no, no, oh, things that you said that weekend. No energy. No, not things that you said that weekend. Look at you. You're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> No, as far as energetically, as far as the body's defense and getting into a stress response, Um, but not everyone. There's some it works; they work fine. It's the individual thing. Mm. But um, I think fasting in general can be really valuable, depending on what you're trying to do. It's a tool like anything else. Is there? I guess a go-to like two
1: days is great. Not
2: really. Yeah, I mean, I again, it depends on you know how who you are. If you're already kind of you know very low body fat yeah yeah you, you can get into some some muscle loss pretty quickly mm-hmm. uh, if you have more body fat um it will spare as much as possible you'll you'll generate a lot more fatty acids than the liver will convert into ketones mm-hmm. um so you'll get a you'll get away with a little bit longer mm-hmm. but you're still going to start eating after a while start eating some muscle mass what about like uh so there's water fasting and there's like juice cleansing. I hate that word. Yeah. It just makes me crazy when juice I hear cleanse? people cleanse in general cleanse <laughs> or detox or yeah. uh, whatever. It's like what are we talking about, dude? Cleansing detox to do. I bet you do. Mm.
1: Is is I mean is that fall in the same
2: boat the, those <sighs> things or I mean, we'll sure. I mean basically you're res- you're restricting you're restricting nutrients. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's cleansing right yeah
0: would it be better to say that you're trying to do something that supports your detox pathways
2: you know i mean it depends is it
0: (laughs) maybe in your liver your juice juice yeah (laughs) yeah
2: you're talking about cytochrome p450s the all the things that help um get rid of uh, toxicants and Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. um stress in general through hormesis will upregulate some of those yeah so to an extent yeah but i mean with juice i mean well when, not with juice i mean yeah why not do a sugar cleanse
1: <laughs>
2: just sugar yeah
0: where Cleansing you're like yourself from sugar or no 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 <laughs> opposite you want to go right to a diabetic stage yeah.
2: well i think you should try it cinnamon rolls build
0: Tries it every day. <laughs> I was gonna say. I
2: think it sounds like a
1: solid health plan he to me. He had the cinnamon
0: rolls before we came here.
1: Yeah. Why are you got to put me on blast like that?
0: <laughs> You're the one who started it.
1: I Ooh. did. There were two big ones. Yeah. Tasted
2: good. I mean, I might get some on the way home. Do you see a shocked face on me? No. <laughs> I don't. But I do see a lot of crow's feet. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs>
1: unfortunately <laughs> also I had a buddy that said that you are uh, a very good sport with the amount of shit that I give you yeah but you get it I I,
2: I take care of it in the you know in maybe not on air in the bedroom no no <laughs> like I said I could do better than you how dare you um, <laughs> you're a monster
0: wait what are you saying about me Chris <laughs> huh you piece I'm of work I'm saying I
2: know come here if he he's I you don't know want you want know to think you're stumbling okay <laughs> no I'm going to I'm going to end up insulting you. I think it's more like a charity case. I think you I think you you scored way above your behavior. Oh, for sure. That's I, all I'm saying. I definitely agree. And I don't think I'd be as charitable. Is all I'm saying. Does that make is that
0: better? Yes. Okay.
2: You're an old piece of. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> this. How about that? Well, uh, people don't see me give you shit outside yeah. of the. Yeah, I, I, that's I'm, true. Yeah,
1: I do a lot of. If they could just smell the amount of Bengay in this room. It'd <laughs> be amazing. Quite Why? amazing. It's like mix of Bengay and, and prune juice. Yes, prune juice, right? I don't know how that ever got started. Prune juice? Yeah, it's weird. I don't think my grandparents ever drank it. Nah, either. it's just kind of weird. So it's, a, it's a stereotype. Well, I think it's <laughs> also like old people always had the box of raisins. Okay, yes. What
0: is old people smell? Do you notice that? You know what? You That's know? a something. What I don't is know that? what.
2: I don't know. Hard to say. I don't know. You go
0: it's, to a retirement, like like nursing home. It's a smell of death, there maybe. Is, <laughs> I don't know.
2: Jeez, Chris.
0: There's a certain... I don't know if it's like the perfumes they use. I don't know. Or it's
1: probably a mix of maybe... What's that powder?
0: Talcum powder? Like baby powder?
1: Yeah, like that
2: stuff.
0: Or, oh, Gold Bond? Yeah, Gold
2: Bond. <laughs> it could be. I think it's also generational because I think if you look in 20 years, the older it'd probably have a different old person's. Mind. Yeah. And men always yeah, I would wear, like, like brute parents, no. or something. Maybe. I think I Kyle Hiller wears brute. Yeah, but that's a... That's, that's a man. That's a man that's right a there. It's a grown no. man. Yeah. Watch your tone next time. <laughs> no. I have I've all, all utmost respect for him and his <laughs> Hawaiian shirts. They're amazing. I, I think we'll probably touch on
1: uh, this other question, uh, maybe a little bit more uh, on the next episode. But we have someone that wears a whoop. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is like a fitness tracker tracker. kind of thing yeah the aura ring is another one yeah there's a bunch of them out there. yeah um they have a bunch of metrics like hrv and Mm -hmm. uh i forgot what some of the other ones were but um
2: yeah man rhr i guess resting resting heart rate, rate yeah
1: respiratory rate so i'd like us to kind of dig into these a little bit more because uh, for example, this person they feel like it says they're ex- like really healthy, and yeah. he's like, I don't feel really healthy. Yeah, I know I eat like an animal, um, or whatever it is. So I think I be- know that
2: person though, and yeah, I, he's a superhuman. I mean, he does got a lot of junk in the trunk, in a good way. I'm just saying, um, there are some definite shortcomings to those. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe- there, there's some things that are valuable. To keep people on track maybe to help people just in general i'm not gonna get too deep into it yeah uh help keep people accountable yeah but if you get neurotic with those things you're gonna go down a bad rabbit hole um i when i was researching my book actually i did do some heart rate variability stuff which i think can be very valuable the HRV HRV you know, and we will talk about that some more mm-hmm. and if you remember when we talked about our overtraining episode we talked about ways to determine mm-hmm. you notice I kind of shoved HRV to yeah. the side a little yeah, bit yeah. more more for in place of you know using things more like grip strength or uh, the co2 tolerance test type of thing yeah um, because HRV can get a little squirrely and it can get confusing uh-huh and it's not standardized, but we can talk about that because it, it is very interesting. Okay, so they
1: have a place, but you you got to really understand like what how they're generating these metrics, what the scale is, and the
2: things that talk about your sleep quality, yeah, are complete nonsense as far as I'm concerned. It's okay, like you, so these and, and things when they're gauging your sleep quality, yeah, I you know, okay. it's it's not it's not very good. The really the only way to look at that is in a sleep lab, mm. where you're looking at your sleep stages in real time, yeah. where you can actually see if they're getting delta sleep, and you know what I mean. These are all surrogates like limb movement and things like that, and so
1: if. People that are listening, if you can make a comment like on YouTube or whatever, message us. If you guys use like a Whoop or, or what yeah. was the other one?
2: Or a like ring. an Aura Ring. Aura Ring. Mm-hmm. Fitbit can
1: do it too. Fitbit. Yeah, for sure. If you guys use, or even your i, uh, iWatch. Yeah. Like, if you use, let us know. I, Because we want to dive a little bit deeper on, onto these. Definitely. And uh, we want to be able to equip you guys with some information on that.
2: Again, the short answer is they have a place you can get neurotic too easily and mm-hmm. some of the things aren't very accurate yeah. and we'll break down like the hrv we'll go in more detail on that
1: resting heart rate like mm-hmm. what are some good things with that sure uh they like he already said that with the hrv thing there's
2: that but it's an interesting to thing to talk about though yeah so it's theoretically it's very very cool so um but yeah, yeah well, let's let's uh table that okay yeah
1: we'll do that on the next episode but if people can uh, comment if they use one of these and which one. I think that would be good because maybe there's one uh, that we can look at that sure. is doing some things that the others aren't, or or, mm-hmm. or maybe we'll just tell you you're wasting your money and it was a horrible gift. That you got. <laughs> um, other than that, I think that's it. That's it for me. Yeah, we got pans. Uh, we'll do a little review next time. A little bit more Um and I think that's it. So comment, like, share, share it if you like us <laughs> we, we love it when we or, get new or, comments or like us if you share or like us if you share if you think he's old like this video <laughs> see y'all